0: Of course, you know, our understanding of love is often shaped by uh, just what we observe from from childhood and what we, uh, you know, take in from the world around us. So a lot of people deduce that love is, you know, something um, particular to relationships between, for example, um, you know, uh, husband and wife, mother and child. Um, and then all the different, of course, manifestations of love that we have in human relationships. But in fact, we we can even we can experience love because it, it it comes from, it's an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
1: I am Sadia Tariq, and you are listening to Thani, the podcast. Our guest today is Miss um, Hazai Majadidi. She is a public speaker, a teacher, writer, and a mental health advocate. Um, in this podcast, we talk about uh, our misperception of um, um, love Um, what are the different kind of love in the world and what it really means to love others for the sake of Allah. Thank you for listening and please do um, share with your friends and family. Thank you. Ma'am, I am uh, delighted to welcome you on Dhani, as I was just saying before we, uh, I started the recording that uh, um, I was a fan of yours when I attended one of your um, online courses on Islam and uh, emotional intelligence. So uh, it was truly wonderful and uh, now truly, truly wonderful to
0: have you uh, on, on Dhani. Thank you so much. Salam al- well, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, it's It was a pleasure to have you in that class. Uh, you were, mashallah, always asking such insightful questions. So I was really happy to hear from you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.
1: Um, ma'am, before we begin, please share with the audience where you are, what you do, and then we'll begin with uh, with some of my questions.
0: Sure. So, um, again, for those who don't know me, my name is Hosai. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I live in uh, California currently. So, I'm in the US and I've been here most of my life. I was born uh, in Afghanistan. And then, like many people, um, my family and I came here as refugees when I was very young. So, I was raised um, first on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., and then we moved out here on the West Coast. So, Alhamdulillah, I um, you know, have four siblings. We, uh, I went into teaching as a profession, and from there, I just started working within the Muslim community in different capacities. But as an organizer, as a volunteer, and um, eventually went on to become a mental health advocate and a spiritual counselor. And uh, currently, as well, I teach um, in various different for various different organizations. Organizations, and I teach students, young students, as well as adults on topics like emotional intelligence and other spiritual topics.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. So um, taking on from that, um, um, so when, you know how the, the concept of love is and uh, how uh, do we understand that uh, through our scriptures? What is it really what what is love number one and number two uh of course I think that this would probably take up your entire time but um what is the difference what are the similarities between love for Allah and love for humanity is one a continuation of the other mm, um, are they complementary i mean how how does this whole framework work?
0: well um sure that's a I mean- I mean, it's a wonderful question. First of all, thank you. Love, um, particular to relationships between, for example, um, you know, uh, husband and wife, mother and child, um, and then all of the different, of course, manifestations of love that we have in human relationships. But in fact we we can even we can experience love because it, it it comes from it's an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um you know this is one of the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so uh, uh we have al-wadud uh, where we get you know the uh, concept of love from and other um uh, attributes that also are, are actually from love, right? Like Ar-Rahman, um, the most merciful, all of that comes from the love of God. So love is in fact very much directed or, or directly um, experienced by us because of this attribute of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala. Um, and it's a very powerful emotion obviously, uh, alhamdulillah. Um, one of my favorite hadiths is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about his love and that it's divided into a hundred units. And he says that all of the love that we experience actually on earth in all those relationships that we have, um, as well as the love that we see even between um, animals and, and other uh, you know creation amounts to only one unit of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that means that ninety, you know, mm. nine parts of his love are are withheld from us currently, um, which is, you know, I, I mean, you can't even fathom what that what that means, but what we know is that he then shares that love with us on the day of judgment. And so that is for the believer that we will come to know the love of Allah in its real complete form in that world but what we experience even though it is so powerful is just a small tiny fraction of the um, this concept that is just i think again unfathomable because we we have yet to experience it so it's it's a force that um yes poets and writers and filmmakers uh, and you know um, and others have tried to to capture but i think we we really have a very limited understanding but alhamdulillah for even that right uh, because oh. it is such a powerful so mm-hmm. that's on the love of god and then as far as you know the love of his creation of course we are you know part of the believer the the path of the believer is to uh, exude that love and light and peace to his creation. So as we experience that love from Allah, it, through our worship, through our surrender, through our through our um, submission to him, and he fills our hearts with his love as a reward for uh, all that we do, then um, the task before us is to share that with, with uh, others, right? So that when we um, are interacting with people, that we are people who uh, distribute um, universal compassion, universal love, mercy, all of these things stemming again back from the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
1: So um, <clears throat> how do we sort of understand when, when it said that love uh, for the sake of Allah, is it exactly what you just said that when you are uh, together it should be for the sake of of allah so that means exuding and exhibiting um, compassion and understanding as you just said or is it something else
0: sure yeah so when we say love, love for the sake of allah it is um absolutely to uh, it, it's it's uh, having this understanding that first and foremost um you know allah subhanahu wa taala is not in need of anything that we We give him, right? So everything that we do is really for our own benefit. So when we say love for Allah or for the sake of Allah, it's not that we're giving something to Him that Mm. He needs. It's rather that our love is rooted in our love. Our love for others is rooted in our love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because we. uh, It's again an extension of just gratitude, which is really at the root of 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 love, right? Gratitude is immense um sense of of indebtedness that we should feel for existence for all of the blessings that he's given us um and for guidance i mean what greater sign of love is is there than the fact that we know him that we uh that he's given us um knowledge of him and and the ability to uh to feel and experience this world um through that lens because there are a lot of people unfortunately who don't have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their lives and they are, are filled with uh, with all of, I mean, many people um, have, have mental health problems, spiritual, obviously, diseases and what have you uh, as a result of, of not having God in their lives, of not having Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their lives. So the fact that we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives, that we know who he is, we know his attributes um, is an immense sign of love. But again, uh, we have to... Um, root all uh all of our relationships that we have um should be rooted in that love for him because without him without his blessings how would we uh, have anything that we have right whether it's our face our friendships our community um just the sense of safety that we feel living wherever we live all of these are blessings of god so mm-hmm. when we say to love for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's recognizing that whatever blessings we have are actually from him and so they all go back to him so everything is connected back to to the love that we have for him mm-hmm. and he says you know there's many hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says um you know to visit one another because it will increase the love that we have for each other so this this concept of of um you know uh, of uh, love for, for from him that is then directed to to uh, to others and it's kind of, it, it's it's like this cycle it just keeps you know going in, in this beautiful circle and there's another really beautiful hadith where um the prophet said that allah says that my love is assured like guaranteed for those who love each other for my sake And they, who sit together for my sake, who visit each other for my sake, and who spend on each other for my sake. So there's this connection, this this constant loop, right? Of love that circulates when we love um, others for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then again, he increases his love for us. And it's just this beautiful bond that gets strengthened over time. So just
1: picking up from the last bit where you said that <clears throat> spending uh, on each other for my sake. So that is that you, um, for instance, if you're gifting or you're sort of, uh, you know, just so, so the intention has to be that I am, uh, you know, taking this gift and giving it to someone
0: for the sake of Allah. I, I, I'm confused. Sure. All right. No, no, no. It's a very good question. Yes. Um, when we give gifts to one another, of course, we want to increase um, those bonds, right? Those relationships that we have with others, again, be it family or friends. So you know, there is a hadith that says, "Give gifts, and it'll increase that love." You know, mm. it's 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 actually directly tied gift giving with. with the concept of love, and nowadays we have, of course, the love languages that you may have heard of, uh, where we're taught that one of the ways that you can uh, express love is through gifts. One of the five ways, right? There's compliments. There's spending time. There's physical touch. There's uh, um, uh, there's uh, acts of service, and then there's gifts. So gift giving and love are directly correlated. But when when you give gifts for the sake of Allah, it is for the intention. Of increasing that love that connects your heart with the other person, as well as the love that you have for Allah and that He has for you. So again, it's all connected, and that's uh, you know um, it shouldn't have we shouldn't have ulterior motives. In other words, right mm-hmm. when we when we do any act of generosity or kindness um, that is virtuous and that we're, when we're seeking the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and His love and his um you know acceptance of our deeds we should do it f- free of any ulterior motive so if you're giving a gift but you're doing it to ingratiate yourself to someone to get close to them because maybe you want something from them obviously there's no sincerity in that right but when you have no uh, you're not expecting anything else you just want to show this person that you're grateful for them you're you you really see them as a big as a blessing from god in your life then you give the gift without any other, you know, worldly um, motive behind that. It's just an expression of love. And then, of course, wanting to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is natural. I mean, we, all of the virtuous acts that we do are for that purpose, that we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure, and we want his love. So that's fine, but it's more about worldly, uh, you know, ulterior intentions. We don't, that that would be blameworthy so gift giving is is an is a wonderful act of love when done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the objective is again to express that love to show gratitude to the other person and to seek that pleasure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for for your bond with that person and for um for with him directly right
1: so my next question is that, you know, sometimes uh, the intention could be um, sort of exactly what you just said. And but sometimes without us even realizing or knowing there's a lot of it does get tainted by um, a personal expectation or perhaps uh, a a sort of wanting you know a sense of acceptance or something which perhaps we we don't even realize but it sort of seeps into that intention what can we do to um, to purify or to cleanse uh, our intention and sort of keep 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 it focused sometimes it's
0: conscious sometimes it's not right so how do we know Right. No, that's that's a wonderful question, and it's really something that goes back to you know what we mentioned at the very beginning um, about emotional intelligence. Because you know the the reason why I love to teach about emotional intelligence is because the five qualities of them really give you a framework to understand yourself better. The first of it is to be self-aware, to really pay attention. to what's going on in your mind and your thoughts, um, and to realize that when you start to think that uh, you know others can benefit you, and you start to um, you know do things for uh, with these ulterior intentions, be uh, hoping to get something from other people, you have the wrong understanding, um, and that's also part of you know increasing our our self awareness is that we understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better, we understand the way that the world works because everything is by design. So if, if I if I think that by giving a gift to someone that they are going to benefit me somehow, mm-hmm. then I have completely misunderstood um, and, and I'm giving a misappropriating uh, power and control to, to, to people when in fact every blessing comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever I'm seeking, right, I need to be seeking it from the source. And the source, the munim, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not people. And that's why um, one of the diseases of the hearts, which is actually in the book uh, written by, um, by, or translated by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, called Purification of the Heart. This is an English translation of an Arabic book uh, called Matharatul Qulub by Imam al mawlud that book outlines the 26 or 27 diseases of the heart and a chapter there is on is relying on other than god so when we rely on other people and and we assume that they will benefit us we have the wrong understanding because nobody can benefit you um it's all from allah we are just the means right mm-hmm. so if you um again don't pay attention to your motivations or your intentions and your thoughts, then you may fall into this type of thinking. And that's where you have people who really, unfortunately, um, present very odious and blameworthy qualities. You know, people who are, um, you know, they, they flatter, they overly, you know, um, ingratiate themselves to other people, but they do it in a way that's very lowly because, you know, it's not sincere, they're just doing it, because they want to get something from that person, whether it's status, or, you know, proximity, sometimes people, especially if they have some sort of, um, you know, authority, or, or, or power, or, or reputation in the community, or what have you, or wealth, um, people can be drawn to them, right? And so if, if, if you're, if you uh, if so if if a person were to uh, try to um, get in the good graces of someone like that, then sure, they may think, oh, I'll get them a gift and I'll compliment them and I'll say all of these things. Because, again, the thinking is they have something that I want and I just have to do these things in order to get it. Whereas we're taught that, no... Uh, if you want something and your intentions are pure and sincere then seek it always and only from God don't seek it from people and don't be duplicitous don't have these dual natures you know where you act one way and uh and and you you know think another way just be sincere and know that the source of all blessings is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and direct your your heart to him and free yourself of of, uh, you know, of overly, again, praising or seeking anything from anyone.
1: Um, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the purification of the heart, the book, because I was just about coming to that, that there's so many diseases that are mentioned of the heart. And would it be sort of correct to assume that those seeds are sort of there already and uh they get nourished uh by and by the very by the absence of of love the true kind that you've just explained
0: yeah it's a wonderful question uh, um well of course we all enter this world free of sin and um but but we have a propensity to sin right we all have uh the um the disposition where if we're not directed. Um, you know, to uh, to the right course, we can easily falter. So from a young age, mm-hmm. if we as children don't learn the proper way to, again, protect ourselves and protect our hearts from this world, then sure, we can start to accumulate uh, sins and, and accumulate diseases and, and have just a false understanding. So it can start very young, but love, um, you know, as you said, The absence of love can certainly um, and absolutely uh, exacerbate uh, a person's spiritual diseases, because you know that's really ultimately what we all as human beings seek. All of us are seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether we know it or not. The soul was created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the soul was created. To love Allah subhanahu wa taala, because again, the ultimate w- way of of uh, loving Allah is to have ma'rifah or knowledge of Allah, and that can not be attained without without um, again uh, knowledge. So, if if a person has never experienced love, then they likely don't know God, and and if they don't know God, then there's their soul is is uh, is in a very turbulent and and um, disrupted state. And so that's going to lead to uh, further spiritual diseases. And so the um, healing for people who have spiritual diseases and who are misguided is, is to have a knowledge of God. And then as a result of knowledge of God, love of God enters the heart, right? Because if you know God, you cannot help but to love God especially if you know him as he defines himself, right? And not to know him through his attributes, to know him through his book, to know him through his prophet sallallahu um, These are the ways that we can fall in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when love then fills our heart, it's transformative. And that's why you see people um, who embrace Islam from all different walks of life, all different experiences, they become different because they have, Islam has, it's like this alchemic transformation that happens to them um, where they, whatever they, however they were before, whatever wounds they have, whatever traumas they have, whatever, um, you know, what love was withheld from them, they are filled with it as they increase in their love and knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they become completely different human beings. A perfect example, that just comes to mind now would be someone like uh, malcolm x right when we read his story why are so many people moved by it because this was someone who had as we know a criminal past and you know he was he went through so many different uh, evolutions of self and then he before you know his martyrdom he came to this you know height of, of uh, knowledge of God. He had so many beautiful experiences and you could see that this was not the same human being that we first were introduced to, You know, whether it was through reading his book or, or film or, or what have you, but you see this, this complete transformation. And he's just one contemporary example, but of course the Sahaba, Omar, Sayyidina Omar and others who came to Islam as completely different people. Right, completely transformed. And what was the transformative power? It was the love of God that transformed them. Wow,
1: wow. My one last question, which so, you know, at the end of the day, we are human beings and we do get attached to the world, the beings, the worldly beings, and there are relations. Um, And then there is the broken heart. Which now, according to some studies, is that you can actually die because of a broken heart, and a broken heart is often associated with, uh, as you said, a misrepresentation, uh, you know, of your sentiments, perhaps not met with the same intensity, perhaps un- misunderstood, perhaps there's negligence, you know, just so 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 many things, and um, again, the route to recovery or to sort of stitch it back together, um, goes back to Allah. Is, is, is that how we uh, are meant to deal with that?
0: SubhanAllah, absolutely. I mean, I remember, you know, our teachers uh, taught us many a long time ago that this world is designed to break you. It's designed to break your heart. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a hadith Qudsi says, I am with those whose hearts are broken right, for my sake. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with the brokenhearted. And that's why you see, you know, many other hadith that indicate that, you know, Jannah will be surrounded with the brokenhearted, with the people who've really experienced the most sadness and turmoil in this world, um, as long as they remain patient. And so, uh, you know, there are a lot of different ways that we can cope with our pain but um, a really beautiful quote that I feel like just sums it all up comes from Ibn al-Qayyim, one of our great scholars. And this this just, um, I feel like, answers your question beautifully, so I'll read it. But uh, he says, in the heart are disorders that cannot be remedied except by responding to Allah. In it is a desolate feeling that cannot be removed except by intimacy with him solitude in solitude in it is sadness which will not leave except by happiness with knowing him and truthfulness in his dealings in it is anxiety that is not made tranquil except by gathering for his sake and fleeing to him from his punishment in it is a fire of regret which cannot be extinguished except by satisfaction with his commands prohibitions and decrees and embracing patience with that until the time he meets him and in it is a strong desire that will not cease until he is the only one who is sought in it is a void that cannot be filled except by his love turning to him always remembering him and being sincere to him we're a person to be given the entire world and everything in it that would never fill the void. Um, So that's, I think that answers the question, right?
1: (laughs) Subhanallah, just beautiful. I mean, just just absolutely beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, Ma'am, just coming towards the end uh, of the podcast uh, Mm -hmm. and also just summarizing that as you said that there is a void and we are born in brokenness and we are meant to go back in brokenness and it really is how uh, our responses are to various uh, heartbreaks because somehow or the other there is a heartbreak right there is grief and sadness they're all sort of embedded in um, in, in heartbreak so uh, so tell us three things three things that we um can do to establish uh, that connection to lessen somehow that void three things or perhaps three forms of
0: uh, worship what 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 would you suggest um, MashaAllah. very lovely question thank you i mean again When we realize that our entire purpose of existence is to worship Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, and we know that the very first thing that we're gonna be asked about is our prayers, then that would be the first most important thing we can do if we want to increase this connection, establish this connection, strengthen this connection is to look at our prayers. We have to be vigilant about timing, about presence, making sure that we prioritize and that we really plan our lives around our prayer and not the other way around. A lot of people plan life and then they try to plug in where the prayer goes. And and that's when we see shortcomings. We see missed prayers. We see delayed prayers because the dunya, the pursuit of the dunya becomes more important than the pursuit of God. But when you have it the other way and you realize, I want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anything, I want his pleasure, I want his love, I want to always be connected to him, then you can't think of anything else other than uh, prioritizing life according to that, right? So you start to pray, your prayers become the most uh, uh, important part of your day. And then, of course, um you know, his book, we cannot neglect the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As many have said before, that the Qur'an is, is a love letter from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his servant. So uh, to, to neglect the love letter from the one that you wish to love is, is obviously there's a there's a problem there. So don't neglect the love letter. Read the love letter every day as much as you can and have a constant practice. You know, the, the more we can habituate to constant practices, as the Prophet said, that you know, the small deeds done consistently are beloved to Allah because sometimes we think we have to do everything on a big grand scale, but we're weak, you know, we life can be very um, demanding. And so that can, you know, cause a lot, a lot of, uh, it, it can cause people to just uh, not sustain their faith. But when you look at that Allah loves our efforts, he doesn't seek perfection from us, he seeks effort. And when you can consistently do things um then you are proving right your loyalty you're proving your fidelity you're proving your love because you're consistent so the prayer would be one reading quran would be another and then i think the third thing would be to really seek out good company that remind you of allah you know to seek out people in your life that uplift you that are are good positive forces in your life sometimes we keep relationships for convenience. We keep relationships because they're all we've ever known, even if they're bad for us. You see people in friendships that are toxic just because, you know, this is all I know. But when you realize that um, there are people around you, Allah has people everywhere, in every corner of the world who are his friends, right? The awliya. We don't know them, but he knows them. But they are everywhere. Then if you seek them out, um, then you will reap the benefits, right? And there's another beautiful hadith where the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, you know, will on, on the day of uh, ju- resurrection, the day of judgment, he will say to everyone, he'll say, where are those who loved each other for, for the sake of my glory? Today I will uh, shelter them in my shade on a day when there is no shade but mine. So, You know, it benefits us to have people like who love Allah in this world, and it'll benefit us in the next life, in the next world on that day when we want to be under the shade of God. So, um, you know, those would be the three points, prayer, Quran, and seek out really good company who remind you of Allah, who remind you to pray, who don't gossip, who don't waste your time. Who, um, who are always positive energy good people inshallah and you will reap the benefits in this life and the next inshallah
1: my god i uh, what a lovely lovely summation what um uh, amazing amazing. Uh, thank you for, for your time. And thank you for this deep uh, insight and clarifying a lot of things, uh, which I was confused about. And I'm sure the audience was as well. Uh, um, uh, Ma'am, one last thing, if um, anybody wants to get in touch with you, want to know more about you, how can they, um, where can they find you?
0: Sure, Uh, well, thank you again for inviting me here. It was a lovely conversation. It's Jummah, it's a blessed day, we're in the month of Rajab. So may Allah increase you and reward you for your beautiful efforts. Uh, to uh, bring these uh, podcasts to people and uh, any opportunity, of course, to to be in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is blessed time well spent. So thank you for that. As far as uh, I'm concerned, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where I'm very active, probably the most active with the Instagram and Clubhouse. Uh, My handles are the same on all platforms, which are it's my full name is Hosai Majeddidi, um, but my uh, handles are Hosai Mojo, which is spelled H-O-S-A-I-M-O-J-O.
1: Perfect. I will be putting your details on in the show notes as well. So that's that's fine. Perfect. Perfect. Ma'am, thank you uh, once again. Uh, truly um lovely <laughs> yeah. to to have uh, finally finally spoken with you and uh, uh, may Allah bless you uh, and yours.
0: thank you. I mean thank you so much I mean and you as well have a wonderful day inshallah. Thank you.